Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Uh, today is Thursday. We have the Military Fitness Radio Show starting in just a moment. Uh, we have a new guest joining us along with uh, Coach, uh, I guess we can call him Coach Nate Morrison. Uh, we also have Coach Sean Visentine. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I actually practiced that name before the show, so it just goes to show you how stupid I am. Anyway, before we get started, I have to say that uh, we have to give great thanks to American, all American pharmaceutical EFX for a generous sponsorship that they provide this show that really means a lot to keeping this show going day after day, week after week. Show them some love. Go to superhumanradio.net and uh, click any one of the banner ads for Carbolin, Crealkalin. They've got so many great products. Check them out. Uh, welcome back, Nate. I can call you Coach Nate Morrison, can I? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I mean, you coach people. Um, right. And then, of course, we're joined by uh, Coach uh, Sean Visentine. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing good. Thanks, Carl. Happy to be here. Welcome. So before we get started talking about a very, very important topic, and that is training for special ops, and I said this before the show, um, there's a lot of people out there that'll do an Ironman. They're like, dude, man, I did an Ironman. I could be in special ops. No, you can't. Um, because in order to be in special ops, you have to be the top, the tip of the of the spear in human capacity and performance under pressure. Um, I sent Nate some targets that I shot at the other day with a new uh, gun, and I was so impressed and so proud with my accuracy. Uh, my buddy Joey took the wind out of my sails by saying, yeah, that's really good, but nobody was shooting back at you. And that's when I thought about it. Like, if you're going to be in special ops, you not only have to be able to do those things like – uh, run for long distances with weight on your back and perform uh, in a human capacity that's unheard of by most people on the planet. But you have to arrive uh, at, with a you know pulse rate relatively low of 60, ready to fire and act while people are shooting at you. This is probably the pinnacle of honing uh, the human nervous system. Uh, so before we get into that, I want to talk and introduce Sean to the audience. Tell tell us a little bit about you. How did you get involved with working uh, with uh, people who were in the military and, and, and bringing them up to speed like that? Yeah, absolutely, Carl. Thanks. So, yeah, I, I grew up in Montana, a smaller town, and, and uh, moved a bit all over the state. But my stepdad was a uh, Army SF officer. He was a Green Beret. And, and my brother is also a, uh, a multi-pin special operations guy. He's an officer with the Navy EOD right now. And and multiple other family members. So that was always a, a big influence there for sure. I was always fascinated um, with the levels of performance, and I say performance, but holistically here, both you know psychologically, uh, physically, emotionally, all these types of things that, that went into having to endure that type of training and become that type of person. So I was definitely always fascinated with that. And um, I got into training short after um, I, I blew my shot at, at a few things earlier on with uh, getting into trouble, which led me to stay on the civilian side, I suppose. Um, anyways, uh, led me into personal training. A lot of people that uh, um, wanted to try out for that type of stuff and 
um, yeah, we started, uh, sort of really young. I was still in high school when I got my certification and, uh, started working with people. I followed, you know, the best guys out there at the time that I could. Um, shortly after that, I found Nate and been following him ever since and working with him now for a few years has been fantastic. And, uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a long journey over the past 10 years or so to get to the truth of the matter, um, when it comes to this type of training. Can we put the egos aside and really look at what works and uh, what is just nonsense that ends up breaking us down more than building us? So, so the web, your yeah. website is called vssscoaching.com uh, yes. for people who want to reach out to you and, and learn more about you directly. You know, I, I was just thinking while you were talking, and, and I'm actually this is kind of a question, and then we can get into the whole training des- design and so on. For sure. But, uh, Nate, how much... Uh, has Hollywood skewed what <laughs> really is required? I mean, when you look at, you know, like Dolph Lundgren, nah, he's not going to make it. I'm sorry to say, I love uh, um, uh, Sylvester Stallone, but the reality is he wouldn't make it either. How how much has, has, has Hollywood skewed what it really takes to be in that tip of the spear human conditioning uh, that makes special ops? Uh, by putting these hypermuscular bodybuilder types out there and saying that this is who they are. Well, well, personally, I think they've they've pretty well destroyed and and you know any semblance of the truth. And unfortunately, when you get the majority of your information from from Hollywood and the media, and everything that's portrayed is, uh, the, the, you know, you got to give it your all all the time. And this is this is such a a difficult thing or a dangerous thing. And if you're not trying 120% every single time, you're, you're a piece of dirt, you know, you suck, you're not doing it right. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, the, the reality is, is that they did that literally because it was, it was more appealing on screen. It was something that would catch the attention of the audience and amp them up. But, you know, people don't understand the way that, that um, the entertainment works. And so, you know, watching a guy, who's, um, you know, got, got kind of that Greek statue of David uh, physique, go through something that, that mirrors kind of an enhanced triathlon training period, it's just nowhere near as exciting as a guy in the gym throwing weights around and screaming and making a lot of noise and all that kind of thing. Um, and, the, and the message of that dogged determination that just putting in the damn miles doesn't, it's not as catchy, it's not as resonating as, Man, you just got to go hard for a couple of minutes, and you know, and, and so you know, unfortunately, it's what captures people's emotion, and and so many people are driven by emotions and not facts, and and by visual stimuli, not reality. Um, that that it's really made it. I would say it's made our job exponentially more difficult to do because that's what everyone wants to do. Well, well, but but, but it, even with your your admission the other day uh, on a previous show that. Even as high up as the Department of Defense, I mean, these guys are like, "Yeah, we're going to get CrossFit." It's like they're yeah. being influenced by that fake uh, yeah. uh, per- person that is going to do the job. Yeah, it goes all the way to the top. How the all hell the did the they top. succumb to that? I mean, didn't they ever spend any time in the field? Well, the the problem is is that these guys, you know, what's happening is guys who got to where they are using a different method are now adopting this new method. And they're very confused because it's not creating the results that they think that it should. Uh, okay. So, okay. you know, they, they've switched in midstream. They've gone to something that has no proven track record of producing 
soldiers or operators. In fact, just the opposite. Um, and it doesn't mean anything to them because they got there by a different way. And so they're not making the correlation. They don't understand a lot of these guys. And, and you have to understand, too, just because someone made it, you know, let's say someone comes off of a high school track team or something like that, and they make it through selection, and that's all great, but they don't know how they got there. They don't understand the process. They don't understand the psychology. They don't understand the physiology. Um, even if these guys are, it's, it's one of the, the things that Sean and I bang our heads against the wall about, even if these guys are, are certified through NASM or NSCA or um, yeah, you know, ISSA or whatever, yeah. they still have no idea what they're doing or what they're talking about oh. because those are, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sean, you go. Go. Sean, Here you go. You had to bring that up. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we got we, we got to run with, we got to run with that too. Since Nate dropped that, such a valid point. Uh, so a little bit more about my background, I guess, that's relevant to that conversation is uh, I'm a master trainer for the National Academy of Sports Medicine. It's part of my I don't know dozens, two dozen certifications I've had in that ten year long journey that now I just don't even renew. That I don't even pay attention to. They're all worthless in my opinion. Um, that's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, especially NSM. But uh, I was the youngest master trainer by like 15 years, one of the one of the original 20 in the world. Like, there's about 70 of us now. And uh, anyways, it's all nonsense. Not one of them, not any of the coaches I've ever worked with there um, had any concept of not only the science, but how to make that knowledge uh, practical as as Nate and I now do. Not not the clue. So, so yeah, anyways... Uh, Nate knows that's a that's a lovely topic, so I had to have to put that in there. Okay, so so let's jump right into this with both feet then. Okay, uh, what 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 is it that special operators need to do if they want to prepare to try to or or, or 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 an enlisted person needs to prepare to become a special operator? What kind of training are you looking at? How do you work with these people? I'm sure. I'm like Sean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is such a vast topic here, and, and for the sake of the conversation, we'll, we'll stay mostly on training and uh, the physical and, and a bit of the psychological things. However, as uh, Nate, a lot of Nate's new work, you know, the way of the American warrior and understanding why you're doing something, not just what you're doing, is completely relevant, but we'll stay mostly just on the, on the training of someone because, you know, a lot of people out there, for whatever reason, you know, uh, are, are broken or hurt or in pain. And I'm not just talking physically, but emotionally, spiritually, you know, all sorts of turmoil in their life that, that isn't necessarily compatible with wanting to do that career field. So, you know, definitely over the last few years, Nate and I, Nate and I have really refined how we screen people for that too as well, just because you're fit. As you said, Carl, you know, that, that is one slice of a very large pie. Can you, are you a quick learner? Can you think on your feet? Do you really have some strong, deep-seated daddy and mommy issues that will not allow you to keep your composure under stress? Those are all relevant things. Really? Um, not to mention, not to mention all the other stuff that, that comes out too. So anyways, as you know, what I do in my business is more, more holistic coaching. I'd say, I, I guess you could label just to the fact that we're trying to look at every single slice of the pie here because, you know, not one system is, is uh, independent of the others. They're all interdependent. Well, wait a minute, really wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I got to stop you there because this is this is really interesting. So the, the, the psychology aspect of this is never discussed in training. Uh, oh, and, man. and you're talking about yeah. taking some deep dives. You're talking about a guy who 
can't achieve a certain level of performance and you're looking into them and going, you know what's holding you back? Your, 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 mo- your mom humiliated when you were a kid and you, you can't un- unlock that, right? I mean, that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about here. Absolutely, absolutely. The the, uh, the psychology of it is really really important to understand oneself. You know, the warrior. But how do you how do you determine how do you determine that if I'm if I'm if I'm doing whatever it is the you know the the the, the training protocol that you've got me doing and I've got and you go to me you know you know what your problem is something's holding you back. How do you how do you broach that and move into that safe zone with this person? Say, I want to talk to you about your childhood. How do you do that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. First of all, that, that's building a relationship with someone. You know, no one's going to open up right off the bat. Um, so building a relationship, my average client, you know, sticks with me for anywhere from three to seven years, you know, a very long uh, relationship versus most relationship with trainers and coaches only last a few weeks. Yeah. And so building that relationship with someone until really they understand you're in their corner. I care about their success more than anything. So, you know, we have an agreement and a process we go through to reflect and do introspective work of understanding, hey, look, your heart rate is through the roof, your resting heart rate. Uh, you said your nutrition was on point. You said your hydration was good, sleep, stress management, energy, attitude, mood. You said it was all good. Why the hell is your heart rate that high? Are you getting sick? No. These are all red flags. Okay, well, something doesn't add up. Are you going to tell me the truth or not? You know, then it comes out, okay, I just broke up with, with my fiance and I'm in shambles and I'm bawling and I haven't been training. You know, those things are, are the type of stuff. All of these factor into your success with training. So don't confuse just reps and technique and, and activities with, with the all-encompassing term of training. Training is taking on that responsibility to your own success, which, in, which entails everything in your life. I know this is a complete non sequitur. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't throw this in. I, I just watched the documentary about Tanya Harding over the weekend. <laughs> I have never seen a young adult with the mental capacity and focus that she had as the media was barraging her and, and she's there to skate. She had laser. I, look, she may be a criminal mind. She may be an unethical <laughs> person. She may be a disgusting human being. She may be all these things. But when they tried to derail her to talk about this and that and this and that, and she was just there to skate. They, it took everything to shake her. That is amazing to me in a young adult. And that's what it takes to do because you've got to, you've got to block out everything because your life is going to depend on it. And some people just really can't do that. They think they can. They go, Oh, well, I compartmentalize. No, no, no. Compartmentalize means you're still holding on to it. You got to let it go. Yeah. And Carl, that's a really valid point. And if, if there's a lot of, young, soft, hopeful candidates who want to do this, you guys got to understand what we're talking about here. There is a difference between what compartmentalizing look is. is Honestly, in my opinion, I'm going to hurt some feelings here a little bit. Um, You just turning and running away like a little kid, like a child from your problems is is not toughness. And I see see so many hurt children in adults these days. They're just hurt children projecting all their stuff, and they think they're tough because they refuse to look at it. You know, in my, in my book, Real Courage is having that ability to reflect and, and assess and dive into that deep, dark pool of emotion and turmoil and figure out, hey, what is really going on so I can actually use the term called let go. Well, it's not that simple, you know, to be able to let go of this stuff. You actually have to, to heal is, is, a, is a term sometimes used, you know, heal, build, and grow instead of just bury it, bury it, bury it, bury it. So it's, it's relative on both sides. Obviously, you need to be able to 
have your composure and sure, I guess, compartmentalize in a way. However, there's a di- difference, let's say, it's just in your reference to Tanya uh, Harding there. There's, there's a difference between someone just repressing things and, and doing a good job of hiding from them and a person that's actually grounded, that is not shaking because there's, there's nothing that you can accidentally flip the lid on and all that compartmentalized stuff comes out. Well, guess what? What if that box is just completely gone? What if you don't need that? That's but, but you know, truth. I, I don't want to get, I don't want to get deep into psychology and psychoanalysis here, but you know what that comes from? Living an unapologetic life. I've learned this myself. And you want you know what you know you know what scene crystallizes this mentality, the end of Eight Mile, where Eminem comes out and says everything bad and derogatory about himself, and then drops the mic and goes, "Now what could you possibly say about me that's going to hurt me?" Exactly. I mean, when you live an unapologetic life, which I've been accused of, but they say that I have no filter between what I think and what I say. But when you live an unapologetic life. There's really very little you have to worry about other people thinking about you and hiding. So it, 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 it's in, that's a whole other show. This is really intriguing. I didn't know we were going to go down this rabbit hole, but it's a really good one. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, you, you'll have to keep us on track. Me and Nate love yeah. rabbit holes. So, so, okay. So you address these things in a person, but let's talk about the physical performance aspect of this. What should, what should a special operator be prepared to do? I've, you've told me some amazing stories about individuals who ruck marked Ruck, ruck marched 70 miles in 36 hours with full pack on. We're talking about how much is that? What is that, 80 pounds of gear, Nate? Uh, we, we, typically, we typically cap them out at 70, but it could go higher. 70, 70 miles in 36 hours, and, and did he then swim eight miles after that, or was that too you different? Know, yeah, that was, that was a, a, an end event um, to culminate. Uh, the training cycles and yeah there was four two mile ocean swims in there um, during that period not to mention the harassment and standard PC tests thrown in there while uh, all the other things were happening as well so yeah fantastic example of what we're going to dive into as far as training. Now this particular guy came to you and he had some real physical obstacles right didn't didn't you say that in the beginning when you got him he had such bad lower back pain he couldn't really go for 10 minutes without having a rest? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was in the building back then and, and uh, quite frankly, didn't have the ability to do our speed walking, just our walk training, just going for a fast, brisk walk uh, before we needed to address some core issues and understand why his core wasn't functioning properly, why he was in pain. So, uh, yeah, to look at where he is now, a lot of guys get lost on what he can do now, but you forget where we all, you know, don't forget where we start and what are the factors that kept you disciplined to, to achieve your success so for sure he was he was a, a mess working i believe three jobs too you know so yeah. home life as i call it wasn't very good uh wasn't very supportive of his goal he's in pain and the home life is not you know very uh uh there's not a lot of harmony there so um so what did you do for his back i'm just curious a lot of planking stuff like that well, it goes a little bit beyond that. A uh, rule, I guess, when, when we talk about individuals is remember that it's all relative to them. Each person is unique. So there are a lot of things work for, you know, I, I quite frankly don't care if something worked for six billion people. It may not work for the person you're, you're directly working with. And anyways, there was, there was some uh, more so physical therapy type, uh, corrective type of work of just breathing and range of motion work, and simply postural alignment. And so, yeah, there's a few tools used that some people may be familiar with, but I honestly don't want to 
throw those out there and, and, and let people think that, that could heal your back, right. as such as a plank, you know, if that just as equally could really hurt someone. So at the same time, it, it uh, you come to one of our coaching certifications and uh, we'll teach you hands-on on the, the specifics of what we use. We're going to take a break and come back and talk more about this, but I often ponder whether or not our obsession with abs has changed the way we breathe. We no longer belly breathe because we always want that washboard look when we're standing around and how that mm-hmm. affects our spine, how that affects our heart rate, how that affects everything. Because I got to believe our obsession with abs is having some sort of effect on our physiology. It's just a thought. Oh, absolutely. Just a thought. Uh, no, absolutely. That's, that's a whole other can of worms. We could, I mean, that affects your hormones, your nervous system, and everything. You know? Yeah. All right, look, we're going to take one quick commercial break real quick, and we'll be right back with more of Military Fitness Radio. Stay tuned. You deserve again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. Do you know how to properly use carbohydrates to ignite your performance in the field and in the gym? You will now, thanks to this free book by EFX Sports. The Carb User's Guide for Maximum Performance reveals why omitting carbohydrates from your diet can totally crush your gains. Ever wonder how many grams you need for your specific sport? Not anymore. We give you the critical number you need to dominate your competition. You'll even discover the super carb that's taking the athletic world by storm. You must try it to believe it. Go to getcarbolin.com forward slash carb guide today and get your copy absolutely free. Once again, it's G-E-T-K-A-R-B-O-L-Y-N.com forward slash C-A-R-B-G-U-I-D-E. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. The benefits of a ketogenic diet are immeasurable. Health, resist disease, mental function, and even performance. But getting into ketosis can take weeks, if even at all. Now you can get into ketosis in 10 minutes. Keto Kena is the first ketone powder that has been clinically shown to switch you into a ketogenic state by providing a rush of ketones into the bloodstream. Like to train fasted or want to spare more muscle glycogen during workouts? Take a shot of Keto Kena and hit it hard. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Keto Kena banner ad today. U.S. Wellness Meats is the leader in home-delivered, high-quality animal protein. Grass-fed beef, lamb, bison, and dairy. Plus, wild-caught seafood, heritage pork, and free-range poultry. Everything delivered right to your door within days of your order. There is no one better to supply you and your family with the highest-quality pastured meat product and dairy than U.S. Wellness Meats. Save 15% off when you use the coupon code SHR. Go to superhumanradio.com. 
wellnessmeets.com and click the U.S. Wellness Meets banner ad today. When's the last time you look forward to taking your pre-workout? I mean like thinking about it the night before, shaking it up, anticipating the way it tastes, the music starts to thump louder, the weight starts to get lighter. Get ready to feel that way. Bounty Hunter is that pre-workout. Bounty Hunter will make you believe in pre-workouts again. Get free shipping with code SHR on a jug of ridiculously delicious, badass vanilla bourbon Bounty Hunter. Go to wildwestnutrition.com or click the banner ad at superhumanradio.net. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. We're ripped and we're ready. Welcome back to Military Fitness Radio, brought to you by MilitaryMultisport.com. If you are in the military and you want to be better at your job, or if you're just a civilian and you want to be a badass, that's where you start. MilitaryMultisport.com. Work with some of the people who train those guys who end up as the tip of the spear. But do you have what it takes? You'll have to find out. Check out the website. Um... Okay, so let's get deeper into the uh, into the training, um, mm-hmm. so that people who are interested in in getting into special operations uh, understand what their body will be put to the test. Just kind of give me the whole gauntlet. For sure. Um, are you, uh, Nate, you want to take this one? Or you want me to take? It? Um, I'll, I'll start it, and then uh, you can you can finish some of that out. Um, you know, the, the 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 first thing that that people don't understand that. that really confuses people when they start training with us is that um, we don't give them any high intensity work. In fact, we give them the lowest intensity work they've probably ever done. Um, walking. And, right. I mean, oftentimes, yeah, six months of walking and that sounds insane. But uh, I think we talked last week um, about the fact that, um, you know, a lot of times, most of the time, I don't even want my guys running until they can walk fast. Um, because people don't understand that, you know, the, the, you know, high performance, or I should say high, high intensity performance, maximum speed and maximum strength or both is built on a pyramid structure that goes all the way down, you know, into aerobic activity. Right. But then what, you know, what sits below, what's the base of aerobic running? Well, it's aerobic walking, you know, and so you have to build this giant base of the pyramid out, um, and so in the beginning, what it looks like is really, really innocuous and really, really boring, quite frankly. It's, it's a lot of walking, maybe a little bit of running. It's an introduction into uh, weight training and calisthenics because, you know, we're sitting there looking at people that can't do any of these exercises correctly. Um, and, and a lot of times I tend to give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt and just let that play out. I think Sean does a little bit more hands-on, like, hey, show me this exercise and I'll, I'll kind of correct you early on it. Is that true, Sean, or am I putting yeah, that in your mouth? Yeah, okay. that's true. Okay, cool. Um, you know, I, I tend to wait until they have a problem and then I, and then I dive in because that way, 
they've identified there's a problem, and I don't have to convince them of that. But that's, that's kind mm-hmm. of a, a psychological thing. Um, and and once we've cleaned up motor patterns and and started putting on some real volume of walking and maybe a little bit of running, um, you know, it it becomes a crawl walk a crawl walk run thing. But what they're doing is they're getting this huge base of um, of just general activity. And as that grows, yes, it may seem overly simplistic now, but in six months to a year, the things that you're going to be able to do, you know, we, we both get a lot of folks calling us up. In fact, and, and I remember when Sean used to call me, and he would call me and say, what in the hell is going on with my body? What is this? Why is this working? What is, like, I've never <laughs> done this before. And, and, uh, and, and it gets pretty terrifying to people because they're, they, they end up in a spot where they never even thought that they could go. And so you, know, you can see there's always a psychology component in it. So they, they get to this place, and they don't know how they arrive, and it spooks the daylights out of them. Um, but then on the top end, what you're, what you're looking at is, you know, training always has a, um, a combative mobility element to it. So I've mentioned uh, Greg Mahovich's combat acrobatics quite a few times. Yeah. Um, it, it always has a walking component. It always has a, a rough marching and running component. And it always has a uh, calisthenics and, and kettlebell component to it. And, and it's just the volume just continues to climb and climb and climb and climb, um, as does the performance. So in the beginning, people have a very hard time, you know, even walking five miles, for example. Um, at the end of it, five miles is the warm-up, and the, and the work set is 20 miles with 70 pounds or something like that. Not, maybe more like 10 or 15, yeah, yeah. but um, depending on the guy and where they're at. What, what, so, what's, the, what's the test like? So, so if a, a guy wants to go into special operations, is it the same for all branches or is it different? And if, if so, what do, they, what do they make them do? I mean, we know what happens with uh, NFL players when they, they go into that, uh, what do they call that thing that they do? Um, the, the combine. The combine, yeah. I mean, yeah. do they have like a combine approach for, to, to, to get these guys in? Kind of, sort of. It's, it's, really, it's just kind of a, a physical training, a PT test that they do. And each service has kind of their own take on it, their own numbers on it. And what Sean and I did, and I'm going to ask him to speak to this because I want to give him, you know, the benefit of speaking to it uh, because we, uh, we, we have done a little bit of work when it comes to testing and standards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but what we've done is we said that's ridiculous. Everyone has the same general requirements, and, and what you're really looking for is general physical preparation here, not, you know, who cares about this exercise or that exercise. Bottom line is, is that people need to be able to run, rough, uh, somewhere in there. They're going to need to swim. Just because the Army doesn't do it up front doesn't mean that Army candidates shouldn't swim, um, you know, and, um, and so on and so forth. But, Sean, do you want to talk about our, our journey through testing, test batteries, and where we yeah, come, sure. where we are now? Absolutely, yeah. This was definitely an obsession of ours. You know, borderline psychotic levels of obsession here. So, Carl, you asked, you know, what type of uh, test, and they, there's there's a difference between. We kind of narrowed it to there's a difference between training, screening, and an assessment. You know, there there's and so the PT tests usually are are a, a screen to just give you a snapshot of abilities that do correlate 
in some ways, in some ways they don't, to the ultimate uh, uh, goal. And so we, we tore apart so many standards. We lost so many brain cells. Um, it was amazing the, the type of research we were doing and how far we were going, setting manuals of every different type of, of former Soviet uh, sports science manuals to, to uh, contacting our friends in Australian soft or my coaches in, in Europe and just going through so many things to find the true relationship between what Nate's talking about when we say general physical preparation or GPP, general performance. Uh, you know, it, it takes a lot to, to build an operator. However, on the physical component of it, that's actually quite simple. You're just a generalist. You should be able to do a few things very well, and, and it's that simple. If you can do one of them extremely well, but the other two not very good, you're, you're more of a liability there. You need to be well-rounded. So, so, what, what, so what, are the thi- what are the things that you should be able to do very well if you're... Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm getting there. Okay. That's, that's where we found these, these correlations between all these. We study hundreds of different PT tests from uh, units all over the world. And what we yeah. found was the, the correlation to training led us to something really simple. And I use... Uh, we both use a, a, a similar uh, styles of training, and, and each one has a graduation. We talk about this pyramid, or, you know, to build a skyscraper, you need that foundation first. So personally, my foundation is, is guys that are listening now, uh, if you cannot walk 10K, so 6.2 miles, if you cannot walk that in under 80 minutes, 13-minute mile pace, without any structural issues in your ankles, shins, knees, hips, uh, back, anything like that, and you can't keep your heart rate in your aerobic mass zone. Uh, so generally, for most people, don't pass 150 BPM. If you can't do that, you have no business going to the other phases. Now, this is really important because this took us a, a long time to figure out that to build someone's structure, their, their anatomy, their connective tissue, to be able to handle the things we ultimately want to do with it, it all starts there and has made that it's not fun, it's not sexy, it's not cool, but that's what's the, the misinterpretation of mastering the basics. The basics aren't freaking cool and sexy, but if you truly want to become a master, you must master those. So anyways, the first step's the first step and in our locomotive training, and that trumps everything else. We don't even focus on standards anymore of uh, acyclic calisthenic training or weight training. Those things come in the later processes. So right now, I know that if these soft candidates are listening and you haven't tried this, I guarantee about 90% of you cannot do this. And that's a big, big problem because our success rate um, uh, is, is unparalleled to anyone else. And this is our, our, our at least mine. I know, Nate, yeah, we use a little bit of different things at times, but this is still the bread and butter of, of, okay, are you ready to do that? other stuff, can you at least do this? And, and like we said with you, this might sound ridiculous to people. However, you know, if you want to build yourself to those levels we talked about on some of my clients, you know, 36 hours, 70 miles, 70 pounds, you know, that type of beating, your body has to be able to handle it first. So you can't be one of these all thrust, no vector guys that just harder, harder, harder. It's got to be smarter and slower oftentimes. Well, also, that ruck march can't be everything you've got. It's got to be exactly. some of what you got because yeah. you still have a job to do when you get there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and, and they may give you another job after. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. And, and as you mentioned, Carl, you know, building efficiency is, is what we're talking about here. And 
and the ability to take your your V8 huge diesel engine, and we want to keep that ability if we need it. However, we want to make you as efficient as a Prius, that you can do this over and over and over again. Instead of being a one-pump chump who can knock out high scores and then he's spent, I need someone who can do a relatively good job. I don't need record-breaking push-ups and sit-ups. I just need a good number, and I need you to be able to do it again and again and again and again. That's, that's what matters. And to do that, you have to follow the, the rules of your physiology and, and anatomy, which means we have to do this at, its, at Mother Nature's pace, so to speak. We have to build you to be able to do that. Simply breaking you and throwing harder things at you is not compatible with building. Interesting. So, yeah, so, so to give you a few more numbers, I know guys like numbers, but it's really important that we, that we preface that with, with uh, uh, the, the relativity, I should say, and, and why this and how it correlates to everything else. So some other numbers, you know, once we pass that walking test, can you do the same exact thing? A 10K, 6.2 miles, can you do that with 35 pounds on? Can you do it with 55? Uh, all while respecting the first two principles. No physical structural issues. If that comes up, that means you will get hurt. When you say so physical structure, it, when you say physical structure issues, you mean like pain in your ankles or your bunion starts hurting, stuff like that. It, exactly. So anywhere in your anatomy, anywhere in your anatomy starts to feel discomfort or pain. Pain is a teacher. It's trying to tell you something is wrong. You know, and so in these early stages, you have to listen to that in a sense, and that's something that a lot of people don't like to acknowledge. Well, if I got to be a badass. I need to ignore pain, push harder. Well, dumbass, to get to that point, one day you first must listen to your body and learn that, hey, when I'm rocking and my ankle has shooting pain or my foot because I have stress fractures and my metatarsals, that's telling you to stop, you retard. And, you know, going further, pushing that, all you're doing is just self-selecting out. You have decided to not maintain discipline and composure, and you will not achieve success. So these are all the basics that people forget. They get too caught up in what we were talking about beforehand of, of Hollywood and all this thinking that if you want to be a big, dick pipe hitter, you need to harder, 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 not smarter. Well, you know, one day we can get to that, like, uh, like you know, my guy that we've mentioned and, and many others we've trained. But first, you have to do the basics, and that's not sexy and not cool. So anyways, getting back to some numbers, you know, we talk about that. That walk first, then can you ruck that distance? Um, no issues in your structure. Uh, your feet don't hurt. Your ankles don't swell. Your back doesn't ache, you know, things like that. Um, if it does, you need to cut the weight and go slower and practice, you know, from, from the bottom up. But, again, that's why we start with walking. But then, you know, can you swim? You know, a standard we've liked that, that came from Nate, uh, I believe this was a PJ standard, right, Nate? The swim standard, yeah. the 2K in yeah. 40 minutes. We, we like that one because it's not very hard to do if you just practice swimming uh, once a week, you know. So what I'm talking about is a swim standard that has great cross-training effects on all other abilities um, is 2,000 meters and 40 minutes. Can you do that? And uh, um, that's, that's an important one. Even, even members of service branches that don't have a water test, so to speak, like the Army, um, we still like our, our candidates to do that because it's not, it's just a, it's a very valuable, uh, life skill and, uh, you become a liability when you can't swim, especially in the, the work with the nature of the work in special operations. And so that's the number two is swim there. So can you guys do that? That's the most important stuff to look at before you care about push-ups and sit-ups. I mean, that stuff will come 
but but uh, the locomotive portion, the cyclical nature of moving distance under load is key. I, I, I know a lot of my my guys training, let's say SFAF. I just sent a guy that did very well there. Um, uh, the special forces assessment inspection for the Green Beret, um, and um, uh, he did fairly well. And, and the best thing our training mantra there was to remember: what matters most, or what really makes a man, is distance under load. That, that was the entire focus, and he can do that better than anyone. It did fantastic, you know, and so. Um, that's an important thing to remember instead of, Hey, how many pushups can I do? Yeah. That's not, you know, like I said, we need you to be able to do a decent amount. What's a decent, what's a decent amount in your, in your mind, Sean? Great, great question, Carl. I'd like to say if we can do, you know, great form controlled, I like to around 70, around 70 is pretty good. Can 70, you know, 70 in a row, 70 in a row, not 10, not seven sets of 10. Well, no, I'm talking, yeah, if we're talking about screening at one time, how many would I like you to be able to do? Yeah, around 70 would be good. Um, instead of, you know, some guys can get way higher up there and in the hundreds of things that are recommended for some, uh, for some selection schools. However, I'd take a guy any day that can bust out 70 perfect push-ups or even 60 for that matter and then give him two minutes rest and then he can do it again uh-huh. and again and again. Sure, he'll lose a few reps, of course, as he goes, right? But, but the, the idea is not that I'm a one-pump chunk, that I can crank out 100 for the test, but then I'm spent. Why does that matter? Well, because exactly what we talked about. You still have a job to do. You know, you can't uh, give everything you have just to get there. What about doing the job and getting home? So that, that same thing correlates to the training. So as you mentioned, uh, that is an approach we take in our, our resistance training as far as more sets, more volume versus more just reps, so to speak. So if you can... You're a guy that can crank out ten sets of twenty-five beautiful push-ups. I'd take that any day over a guy that can, you know, crank out eighty push-ups at once. Uh, but then he's done for. Yeah, you he's know? spent. Right. Well, well, the, here's here's the, the the great thing because you know, for example, there there are correlations between um, you know various uh, set rep combinations and and maximal performance. So if you've got a guy that can crank out 10 sets of 25, that dude is easily cranking out 100 reps in two minutes. Easy. Oh, yeah. No problem. No problem. And he doesn't need to train for it either. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, these are all all goals and things that people can do right at home. You don't even need a gym membership for any of this sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. No. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm saying that for the audience. I mean, I can't wait to have the surgery done on my foot so I can start walking again. Uh, I miss walking. I used to walk a lot. I loved walking. Uh, when I lived in Arizona, because of my divorce, uh, the judge made me give my ex-wife my car. Um, I walked everywhere in Arizona. I walked to the gym. I trained legs and I walked home. It was two miles each way. So, and you know what? I was in my best shape ever. Uh, I cursed and, and, and complained about not having a car, but the reality was I took my shirt off. I was tan. I was ripped and I was super fit. Uh, You know, you're spot on about walking. You know, I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking to myself, you know, you would never think about pulling up to a stoplight and starting your car off in third gear. I mean, it'll go, it'll chatter, the clutch will chatter, but it'll start rolling, it'll go. And, but if you did that all the time, you'd burn out your clutch. Uh, you'd have other problems with your car. You would, you would think it's a, see, why are you starting in third? You idiot. You got a first and second gear. Aha. Mm -hmm. So why would you train starting out in third? Why wouldn't you start out in first? Yeah, exactly. 
I love it. I, we have to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the nervous system. Is this kind of training the answer? Or are there other things that you have to do with guys to get them prepared for what I talked about in the beginning? Yeah, I can shoot a target. Great. I'm so good at shooting targets. But if the target's shooting back, I may not be that good. The nervous system plays a big role. We also know fatigue starts in the brain. Let's talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. Now, the 71% of Americans are living with digestive issues. They take pills and potions to mask the symptoms but never address the root cause. Introducing GI Ultramax Pro, a complex of scientifically substantiated all-star ingredients that reestablish your gut's operating system, allowing you to be better shielded against the bad actors in your food and environment. The gut is complicated, and it takes GI Ultramax Pro to deliver real, long-lasting results. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the GI Ultramax Pro banner ad or visit MotherEarthLabs.com and use code SHR for free shipping. Do you know how to properly use carbohydrates to ignite your performance in the field and in the gym? You will now thanks to this free book by EFX Sports. The Carb User's Guide for Maximum Performance reveals why omitting carbohydrates from your diet can totally crush your gains. Ever wonder how many grams you need for your specific sport? Not anymore. We give you the critical number you need to dominate your competition. You'll even discover the super carb that's taking the athletic world by storm. You must try it to believe it. Go to getcarbolin.com forward slash carb guide today and get your copy absolutely free. Once again, it's G-E-T-K-A-R-B-O-L-Y-N.com forward slash C-A-R-B-G-U-I-D-E. Now, the number one best-selling non-hormonal anabolic agent at PredatorNutrition.com. Progenidrex has established itself as the category killer. If you're having difficulty gaining muscle while staying lean, you owe it to yourself to try Progenidrex. 100% of store reviews rated it at five stars, the highest possible ranking. And today, right now, there are guys pouring their hearts out in the gym with little or nothing to show for it. Don't waste any more time. Go to PredatorNutrition.com today and get Progenidrex, the world absolute best drug-free muscle gainer. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips with 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You too can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. Mitochondrial uncoupling is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over-the-counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. BlackstoneLabs.com. Trojan Horse. 
There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse CanSee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how CanSee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. Move over, superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel. So we're having some issues with the uh, website, supremeradio.net. For the past couple of weeks, we've been having some really, really, really slow opening pages. And uh, occasionally you get an internal server error message. We know about it. Thank you to all of you who have been emailing. Um, we're working on it. We've discovered what the problem is. And this weekend we're going to upgrade our Joomla platform. And that should fix the problem. Also, just want to say yesterday we did a great show with Joel Green on 10 foods and supplements that actually do boost metabolism and burn fat. When we talked about mitochondrial uncoupling, he talked about the same ingredients that are in Trojan horse, that they are effective. He was not paid for that endorsement or that, that statement. Uh, a lot of people who use Trojan horse say that it works. Uh, you can get that by going to superhumanradio.net and clicking the Trojan horse banner ad uh, with Blackstone Labs. We're talking right now with uh, Nate Morrison and Sean Vizentine. We're talking about making it into the special ops program of whatever branch of the military that you're interested in. Uh, it takes an amazing amount of conditioning, but I, interestingly enough, uh, it doesn't take heroic beginnings. Uh, you don't need to deadlift 500 pounds. In fact, that's a waste of your time. Walking long distances effortlessly, the key word effortlessly, uh, without any pain, physical pain, uh, then slowly adding weight to that. Uh, these are the things. This is where it starts. This is where the unsexy work begins, uh, with the future being uh, very revealing about your physical conditioning. But the nervous system plays a big role in this. This is not the Iron Man where <clears throat> if you don't make it, you don't go home with a trophy. Um, this is a situation where you don't go home with a pulse. Uh, this is, this is a situation where you're doing these things and your life is being threatened, possibly by enemy fire and, and, or, or the elements or anything. What about the nervous system? What do you guys do with, with that? How do you, how do you build that? I'll, I'll jump on that first there, uh, Sean, then you can clean up again, uh, whatever I miss here. Um, sure. so the first thing, the first thing that people have to understand when it comes to the nervous system and, and the neurological aspects of training, I'd like to talk about it first from the perspective of fatigue. And you have two different types of fatigue. You have central fatigue and you have peripheral fatigue. And the, the, the difference between those two, you have to remember that your, think of your nervous system, the nerves that actually control your muscles as little wires inside your body. But they're they're um, they're organic, you know. They're organic material. They're not made out of copper, and so the more they get used, they actually sustain damage. And they, there's damage to the the physical components of them, the the anatomy, and there's also um, biochemical imbalance that occurs. And so, 
if you do, for example, some kind of, uh, you know, a bench workout or, a, or an arm workout or something like that, um, that, that doesn't necessarily challenge your central, uh, uh, fatigue, uh, central, uh, or cause, I'm sorry, central nervous system fatigue, um, then what you have is peripheral. And, you know, that manifests itself in a number of ways. And, and for example, if you did that arm workout, um, your ability to do it tomorrow, uh, is going to be significantly impaired because, you know, not just the muscles, but also the, uh, the connective tissues and the nervous tissues and the biochemical state of those, uh, nerves are in repair. Okay. So they can't possibly do what they did yesterday because of that peripheral fatigue. Now, this is the, this is the level of fatigue that most people are very, very familiar with just because they do higher intensity work and it causes, you know, there's muscle soreness and weakness and whatnot. And they expect to see that they understand it and they expect it. But the big monster in the closet is central nervous system fatigue. And so when, um, when you do your little gym workout, whether it's, you know, um, 20 minutes to two hours, let's say, and you go home and, and, and whatnot, that does not really challenge your central nervous system all that much after a short period of adaptation. But what will really get you, and I'll, I'll use a manual labor, um, uh, a manual labor example, picking stones out of a field. So it, let's say you have a giant field, you've got someone on a tractor with a bucket, and you have two guys walking in front of it, bending down and picking up stones and throwing it in the bucket for eight to 10 hours a day. The level of central nervous system fatigue that occurs when you do that, when you are not conditioned to do it, it really does feel like you've been hit by a Mack truck. Um, lots of interesting things happen to your body, um, you know, to include heart rate elevation, to include um, basal metabolic rate goes up, you feel warm, almost feverish sometimes. Um, but most notably, for the next several days, when you go back, let's say you go right back out into the field and you try to pick stones again, you'll notice that you've lost coordination. You'll notice that you really you feel unsafe when you bend down to pick up a big rock. There's just it something is not right, and you don't have half the strength that you did yesterday. Your endurance is completely gone, and you're just a wreck, and you know it. Uh, well, this is what happens to guys when they go out there and they do too much too soon or they go to a selection and they're not ready. They get hit with 8 to 10 hours of physical activity. Well, they're not used to that, and it just annihilates their central nervous system. Um, and, and you don't bounce back from that when they demand that you do it again tomorrow and tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after. Um, and so this is where you'll see a lot of that initial dropout in selection where you know, after the first couple of days, there's a line to the commandant's office saying, hey, I'm out. I don't, you know, I can't even lift my arm up. I can't wake up. I'm just a complete wreck. Um, and, and so that's one of the many reasons why you have to train the way that we train you, because you can't train the central nervous system uh, to deal with that amount of activation and load all day, every day, without actually doing something all day, every day. You simply cannot shortcut that. Period. End of story. So that's, what, what, so I wait, guess so, that's my big speech. But now I got I got to <laughs> ask I got to ask you this question. A lot yeah. of guys turn to caffeine. Is it? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that a mistake? Aren't you just going to overtrain your central nervous system at that point in time if you're you're artificially hijacking it and going? No, I'm going to make you do the work instead of letting you recover today. 
Yeah, the, the, the fun thing is that that gives you this feeling or this idea that the caffeine is helping, but it really isn't. Um, and, and now what you're doing is, is now you're blowing out your endocrine system. So, you know, you're, you're going to have adrenal issues in short order. Um, and, and, you know, it really it sets up a vicious downward cycle where you, basically you use caffeine to fool yourself about your performance because if you actually look at the numbers, they don't really get better at all, and they certainly, certainly doesn't help repeat performance. The place to use caffeine, which is clin- you know, clinically been proven over and over again, is number one, never use it. And then if you're in something like, let's say the Leadville 100 Ultra Marathon, 100 miles, 24 hours, et cetera, et cetera, the place to use caffeine is around mile 70. And when you do that, yes, you can get an ergogenic benefit and, and it will help you to complete the race faster, et cetera, et cetera. That is how you properly leverage something like caffeine. But if you use caffeine all the time, you get to mile 70, that caffeine did nothing for you. You've adapted to it, and in fact, it probably impaired your performance between here and there, and, and you're already sucking. So thanks for playing. Interesting. Um, <laughs> thanks for playing. That's funny. <laughs> so... so- did, did, did I miss anything on that, Sean, uh, or, or anything, any other insights that you wanted to throw in there? I on think the nervous. nervous? Yeah. It, it sounds pretty good. I'm just going to touch real quick on, on uh, the similar thing, maybe said a different way as far as what we're talking about with caffeine, too, is, is understanding these neural feedback loops. And uh, the feedback loops are there for a reason, for the body communicating its needs, you know. And, and this goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, too, on the discipline to do this stuff um, mm-hmm. is not masking what is going on. So, for instance, ibuprofen, caffeine, things that mask the feedback loop that is telling me, hey, you're tired, you need to sleep to recover, or, hey, I'm in pain, please don't continue moving on this ankle. You're masking that in the hopes that what? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It comes to more of a self-sabotage cycle by then because you, you just – ensure you will not succeed. Success, success, especially at the beginning, more importantly, takes you listening to those feedback loops. Listening to the, okay, I need to sleep because I feel like dog shit. Nah, screw it, caffeine and go work harder. You will damage more and more. And again, this is not building and growing in any way. This is breaking and harming and damaging. And so, uh, yeah, I guess just with that, listening to the feedback loops there, especially as the nervous system fatigues, is your key to success. It's not something that deserves to be masked and then ignored. That is literally your key to success is learning to listen to those feedback loops and act accordingly and to adjust your training accordingly. So, and and speaking of feedback loops, Sean and I are a feedback loop. So I have to to say something on this now Um, to, to what Sean's saying. If, if you're if you go down that road and, and you and you give in to this idea that well no no I'm gonna I'm gonna get it today I'm gonna be harder I'm gonna take some caffeine or you know pre workout stuff fill the stimulants and this and that and the other thing what you're doing is you're you're cutting your own throat you're shooting yourself right in the foot because when you do that you will break and the and the problem is or you know the first place you'll break is in your consistency. And you'll become less and less consistent. Well, I got news for you. The ultimate secret to the ultimate human performance is consistency. So the minute that you start messing with your ability to be consistent, 
you're 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 skipping workouts, skipping days, uh, cutting them short. But well, I I went harder but shorter, and all this kind of thing. Um, you're you're starting to break that up, and the more you break that up, the less you're going to advance. And it, it's like, well, what do when I guess ultimately it comes down to how do the best in the world train? Well, they train consistently, and and the primary goal of their training is to be able to do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and never miss a day, never miss a session, because that consistency is is more important than going hard today, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. It does. For sure. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it, and it's really sensible, you know, when you think about this. I, I don't know where we got this notion that progression had to be heroic. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, no, really. Well, you know, uh, Coach Wade Johnson posted – I put a, pr- a progress picture up the other day. And, you know, he knows all, about all the injuries I'm working around right now. I mean, I'm working around. When you get to be 60, you have a lot of injuries to work around. Just be prepared for that, all of you. Um, <laughs> but but it doesn't mean you have to stop, and I'm living proof of that. But, you know, and, and he put hashtag always be the turtle. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about the turtle and the hair. And yeah. it's like, you know, everybody thinks that it's got to be a heroic effort. you got to get in there. you got to make progress. And that's the other thing. People are just way too impatient. Um they think that their body, and a lot of that has to do with marketing of supplements and stuff like that. They think that their bodies are going to do things that they're just not prepared to do uh, relatively quickly, and and it, it, it's a lack of patience. Um, okay, unfortunately, we can't change Mother Nature, and, and the sooner we accept that reality, you know, uh, we can stop serving the egos of people. You know, I think I find myself. I mean, this is extremely relevant. My my personal definition of discipline with every single special operations candidate or hopeful. Discipline is doing what we need to get done to get to where we want. Not doing what we want to do because what you want to do, what your ego wants to do, is not compatible with success. Meaning just because you want those adaptations tomorrow, okay, that's cute, but you can't uh, uh, mother nature's ability to physiologically adapt. I'm sorry, that's not the way it works. So you will maintain composure and discipline by doing what we need to do, which is understanding when to back off in and when to when we can push a little bit harder, like Nate's saying of consistency, but that consistency doesn't mean consistence of heroic effort, as you're saying, and damage, which leads to damage. We're saying consistency of training, but the intensity, the duration, all the load, these things will fluctuate as everything in life does. It fluctuates. Highs and lows, moderates, consistency with adjusting to where your readiness dictates you need to train. Albert Woody just messaged me on Facebook and said, "When is Nate's ebook on uh, force production method of training going to come out?" And we talked about this before the show today. <laughs> no, everybody, listen. I, I've never had the results as quickly as I've ever had until I started doing this training protocol. I'm saying it on the air. I I'm I'm in the game right now because of this training protocol. I'm training and feel great after I finish training. I literally have a pump for a day or two. It's no BS when Nate said that. Um, it's all, and, and you know, this speaks to this topic. You know, I'm a, I'm a five sets of everything guy, grinded, grinded, grinded. When I leave the gym, I want to feel like I just want to lay down in the back of my car and go to sleep. But now I'm doing two sets to failure, but I'm doing a lot of different movements. I'm still getting my volume in and I'm killing it. And mentally, you know, there's a point in your in a you're doing a movement, 
and you're doing five sets, and around the third set, you're starting to, you're starting to dread the last two sets. That's when you should stop. That's what I just learned from doing the force production method. That's when you should stop. You shouldn't, you shouldn't force yourself to do those last two sets if your body's telling you not to. You can't take your body hostage. You cannot. You cannot force it to do something it can't do. I mean, you may be able to force it to do something. Yeah, you want to fly and you jump off a building. Yeah, you'll do that, but you'll hit the ground and be splattered. But you'll get to do that. you say, look, but I jumped off the building. Okay, great. So exactly. is it inherent in people who try to reach the special ops level that their egos hurt them, get in their way? Their egos are a problem? Because I, I remember days where I've told this story on the show. I'm the biggest schmuck of all. I train back on Monday. I'm in there Tuesday. I'm supposed to train chest. I see a buddy of mine deadlift, and I'm like, you know, Maybe I'll go deadlift some. Are you stupid? No, my ego wants me to go deadlift with him. Do special <laughs> operators have to check their ego? Is that part of the problem with these guys? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let me take a stab at this one, and I'm going to hurt some people's feelings. They need to be hurt very bad here. So innately, yes, human beings, especially in modern culture, civilization, we have massive egos, especially those going for that type of, uh, of career path. You simply don't go do something that in nature is, is quite, I'm going to hurt feelings here, but it requires a pretty vast ego and determination and uh, a bit of masochism, so to speak. So those traits, those, those characteristics that kind of fit that profile um, end up, yeah, having to deal with the, the reciprocal effect of, of managing their ego and keeping it in check, as you say. For instance, let me, let me throw something out at you, Carl, and everyone listening as far as their training goes. An example of a discipline and the composure over your ego I'm talking about that's required by you to actually achieve, achieve success as a special operations candidate and make it. When you're training with us, uh, let me give you an example. When we're doing resistance type of work, whether that's lifting weights, kettlebells, or calisthenics, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are, if you are excessively sore at any time, we have failed. It's that simple. Uh, our egos want us to feel that. We've been conditioned since shit, since childhood to think about this as, as cause and effect. I need to feel the results of my work to make sure I know I did it right. That's wrong. The ability is a, efficiency is the true ability there. I'm more efficient. I can do the same amount of work with less effort and less buildup of waste, you know, with a lower heart rate, that's the real efficiency. So, for instance, the, uh, it kills my candidates for the first three to six months as we build this understanding and relationship of what success takes. It kills them to have me give them these workouts that do not get them sore, that do not stroke their egos. They're not sexy. And so that's, that's, a, that's just something I wanted to throw out as far as perspective. You want to be this cool guy. Well, do you have the composure to never be sore during resistance training, training with me for six months to a year? Do you? Because that's what it's going to take to succeed. If you don't and can't control your, your ego's wants, again, discipline is doing what we need to do to succeed, not what your ego wants to do to succeed, um, then that, that you're not going to achieve success. You will self-select out there. Well, there's, there's a lot of folks, you know, and I would say most of them are, are they're chasing that instant gratification, and that's what these, these workouts do, is they, they give them this false, you know, it's, it, it's a lie. It's a false sense of security. It's, 
it's, you know, I, I did something that I know because, um, uh, because I'm sore and, and because I want to be the best of the best, if I'm, if, if I'm the most sore, then I've got to be doing something right. Like I've got to be moving on that path. <laughs> and, and it's just this, um, I, and, and I mean, it's a really sad state of affairs, but you know, sociologically, you know, we don't teach people anymore about long-term gratification. We don't teach them about long-term planning. You know, we don't teach anyone to save their money. You know, I mean, I think that that right there would would help most people understand that your physical ability is like your bank account. You're, you know, you've got to make small deposits over a long period of time um, in, in order to build up a large amount, you know. I mean, where the hell are you going to get $2 million right now as, as an 18-year-old kid? You know, you're not going to get it anywhere. But perspective is so skewed. And it's something we talked about last week is that, first of all, people think that they can make, I mean, the, the, uh, the, the dissonance is just shocking. We talked, I think it was last week, about the fact that you need a guy that can walk a long distance really fast with a lot of weight. So what do people do? They don't walk. They don't walk long. They don't walk fast. And they don't walk with any weight. They go into the gym and they throw, so they're doing something completely different. And oh, by the way, it doesn't cross over at all. You know, I mean, how the hell do you, 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 are you going to train for the Tour de France by doing CrossFit? I mean, what the hell are you thinking? You know, and, and so first of all, they're living that lie. Um, and, and they double down on it because, you know, it's a little bit scary to face the fact that, you know, I suck at walking or running or anything long distance. Um, maybe I like calisthenic to weightlifting, but you know what? I really don't like the idea of 20, 30, 50, a hundred reps. Are you kidding? Why? That's a different kind of pain. That's a different kind of discipline, a different type of, of experience that puts them out of their comfort zone. And so one of the things about the ego, it's designed to keep you in your comfort zone and you will never grow in your comfort zone ever, ever ever. You've got to get out of it and you've got to embrace your weaknesses. Um, and, and that's where that real internal psychological competition with yourself comes in is you're battling yourself for every step of every mile of 20 miles with 70 pounds on your back. And that's the beauty of, of how the British do it. Uh, you know, when they do it, they, they just put you alone with a heavy rucksack in the mountains they don't give you anything except where you're going next, and you have to get there. And so even, well, well how, how long do I have? We'll see you there, son. <laughs> Bye. And that's it. You battle yourself the whole way. And, it, and that's a skill. You better be building that skill. And if you're not, if you're, if you're this, you know, you know the, the, that hyper ego that wants to keep you in your box and keep you safe, it, that ego will never allow you out of the box. It will never allow you to challenge yourself, and it's, it will shut you down in a heartbeat, and it does that by blaming. Well, it wasn't me. The instructor didn't count all my reps, you know. Well, what the hell do they know? I, I did the Murph Wad in this time, you know. I'm so cool. No, you're not. You suck, and that's the reality of it. But your ego will never tell you that. So, no. You know what the funny I, thing is? I, I was just looking on, on my website. I have a, a, a variety of memes that have been up on Facebook over the years. And one of them says, you know that thing that you hate to do? Do it. That's the thing you need mm. to do. And that's the reality of it. Like, like I, 
I have some really nice kettlebells at home, and I need to start doing some kettlebell work, but I just don't want to. Right. <laughs> and so I'm tomorrow, instead of going to the gym in the morning, I'm just going to stay home and do some kettlebell work. I mean, I'm going to have to start out light. My, my foot's messed up. My hamstrings are messed up. But the reality is that's not why I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it because it's hard. <laughs> you know, I haven't done it in a long time. It's hard. I'm going to have, oh, man, I'm going to be exhausted when I'm done with this. Oh, yeah, that's the idea. You know? Right. <laughs> so, no, you're right. It's, it's absolutely. Look, I want to take our last commercial break. I think that I have to turn to Nate for this next discussion if it's appropriate to even talk about. But let's be honest. These guys have to be in this kind of conditioning because when they get where they're going, they generally have a, a, a battle to fight. And we're talking about a mortal battle. And it usually includes handguns and, and rifles and stuff like that. Um, let, do you actually work with people with their shooting skills after they, you know, you know what, remember the Winter Olympics? I haven't watched it in a long time. They used mm-hmm. to have that, that skiing and then you'd stop and you'd shoot. They had those bull barrow 22s that they would shoot real yeah, long. Yeah, biathlon. Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Do you do that with people? We want to talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Followed my transformation on Facebook, you've been wondering what I've done to create such dramatic results. One of the things is I've started every day with the Kegenix Prime and then trained fasted and remained fasted till my first meal at 2 o'clock. Kegenix Prime gives me all the energy I need while shutting down hunger. And since the ketones are bound to a quad mineral blend, I'm getting all the magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium I need to keep my minerals in balance. Try Kegenix Prime yourself. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Kegenix banner ad today and save 25% off your first purchase. Kegenix Prime. I couldn't have done it without If you suffer from abdominal bloating, relief is here. Introducing Atrontil. Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, it relieves bloating where it starts, in the small bowel. That's why Atrontil. works while other remedies don't. In clinical trials, 88% of bloating sufferers who use prescription medications with no relief found Atrontil. Relieve their symptoms, and it's available without a prescription because is made from a patented molecular combination of botanical extracts. It's not a probiotic, plus it's natural, vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. A-T-R-A-N-T-I-L, Atrontil. Atrontil. Even the name is proven to make you feel better. Go to lovemytummy.com and use code SHR for 10% off. That's code SHR at lovemytummy.com. Lovemytummy.com. Guess who's back? Age Force is back with a buy one, get one free introductory offer to the Superhuman Radio audience. Choose from any of their amazingly popular patches. Their HGH Secretagogue patch, testosterone booster, fat burner, anti-inflammatory patch. All of them buy one, get one free. Nootropic memory enhancer, melatonin and GABA, resveratrol, the list goes on and on. No one, I repeat, no one has the most complete list of patch-delivered supplements than Age Force. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the Age Force banner ad today and get buy one, get one free for the entire Superhuman Radio audience. Check it out. Don't wait. When's the last time you look forward to taking your pre-workout? I mean like thinking about it the night before, shaking it up, anticipating the way it tastes. The music starts to thump louder. The weight starts to get lighter. 
Get ready to feel that way. Bounty Hunter is that pre-workout. Bounty Hunter will make you believe in pre-workouts again. Get free shipping with code SHR on a jug of ridiculously delicious, badass vanilla bourbon Bounty Hunter. Go to wildwestnutrition.com or click the banner ad at superhumanradio.net. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You too can benefit from Live On Labs lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse CanSee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how CanSee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. This is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for the power of good. Welcome back to Military Fitness Radio, brought to you by Military Multisport. Com. And, of course, Sean Vicentine's website is vsscoaching.com. And uh, Tim Bruce just posted up on Facebook, let's go, Nate. Us older guys need an edge. Get that ebook out. Yes. <laughs> I promise you. I'm Listen. listen. Uh, this is not a bodybuilder's workout, per se, but it will build big muscles. I can tell you that right now just from seeing what's happening to my body. But – this is an amazing workout, and I, I will tell you right now that if you try this workout, you may rotate it with some other periodized program that you like, you know, three months of this, three months of that, but this will always be in your uh, quiver as far as a workout goes. This, this, there's nothing like this, Nate. I, you know, Nate, Yeah. I know you for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have the m- m- most amazing amount of respect for you, and you know that. I mean, I, you know... I, I, but when you told me about this workout, I was like, ah, eh, you know, pff, come on, you know, <laughs> yeah, okay, two two sets, yeah, right, okay, I'm gonna this, I'm, I'm doing five sets, ten movements, I'm and two sets of ten movements is gonna do the same thing. No, it's doing more, it's actually doing more. It's yeah. great. I just want to put that out there. All right, so what about shooting? Do you get into that, Nate, with guys? Do you do, do you do tactical shooting, or do you have people on your team that do that? Because I know tactical. I'm, a, I'm actually getting ready to sign up for a course in Cincinnati. It's a two-day course of tactical shooting where they even teach you how to use these uh, very, very bright lumen uh, flashlights. Uh, yeah. You know, like, they, like I already talked to the guy. He was like, no, we don't like lasers. I says, why? He says, because somebody can follow the laser back to you and shoot you. Like, mm-hmm. you're saying, hey, here's where I am. Here's a beacon. Look, I'm right here, you know. And he said, no, yeah. we like is um, we like these. He, he named this uh, particular one. It's like 600 lumens, which I can't even believe. He says, yeah, you click it on and click it off in the dark. He goes, it blinds them, and then we teach you how to shoot in the dark. We teach you how to remember where the person is and then shoot at them. Right, right. So do you do any yeah, of that kind I, of stuff with people? I, I do. I've, I've been a, a low-light shooting instructor for a lot of years. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, as you can imagine, I mean, as, as, a, as a team leader and, and coming up on the team, is, you know, basically everyone is 
not everyone, but but most guys have that ability to teach shooting. Um, there's just some guys that prefer to to specialize in it more or less. Um, for me, I, I I tend to do something that um, you know we we started terming it uh, something along the lines of, of gunfighter movement and mobility years ago, and then uh, a whole bunch of the community, uh, the shooting community, jumped on that terminology, and um, you know so it, it kind of got lost in what everyone else is calling gunfighter this, gunfighter that. Um, but what I prefer to do is um, I, I like to work with guys that have a background in shooting already and then reprogram them. Uh, there's a number of things that, that I like to do with them, uh, basically teaching them how to, how to shoot, move, and communicate very differently. Um, and, and basically all of that uh, combat acrobatics training that uh, Greg Mahovich does, um, you know, that's meant to be done armed. And, and with military equipment on. And so that's what we do. Um, and a lot of people are a little resistant to that in the beginning because if you just see someone doing that, it's very different from what they're used to seeing. But what they don't understand is that if you watch them in an actual gunfight or even a simulated force-on-force encounter, they're trying to do it, but they have no idea how to move their body. They just don't know because they're so focused on not getting shot and trying to move, and they move unbelievably inefficiently. So what I try to do is teach these guys how to move their bodies efficiently, um, especially when they're on the ground uh, or in transition from the ground to, to standing and vice versa. Uh, but then I also do a lot of, of I, I don't even really know what to, to call it, but I try to um, also bring a more uh, a psychological approach to the training as well uh, because we get locked into a lot of these patterns on what's called the flat range. And so most people do training on some kind of a range, whether it's, you know, 25 meters or, or, um, you know, all the way out to, you know, let's say 500 meters. If you're, if you're working with a, a battle rifle or a carbine and, you know, you've got, uh, you know, targets, you're all standing online, you shoot at the target and there's, there's very little movement that actually goes on. Right. Um, and, and these days there's a lot of movement that, uh, that some guys have brought out of the, some of the, the top tier special operations stuff and a lot of stuff that's come out of the three gun competition world. And, and all of that's really good. But what I like to really focus on is broadening the, the scope of, of that training, because what I found out is, you know, through, through real life application is that when someone calls out a threat in, in a direction, we tend to look where we we've trained. And that's the whole thing is that you're, you're training the body and the mind to do a certain thing. And so when someone yells contact left, you tend to look about 25 meters right in front of you directly to your left. And so I, I, I like to throw in all kinds of little things and challenges to that. Um, and, and it's something that you really can't do with basic shooters. They've got to, you got to have guys that are very, very good with their, their safety and their control. Um, but, but I try to get guys moving and, and looking at things they wouldn't normally look at. Um, so, for example, if we call a, uh, a contact drill and, and, for example, we say contact left, well, I haven't put a target, you know, 25 meters at, at human height uh, right in front of you. I've put it somewhere else. And you better find that. And if you don't see that in a split second where you're able to engage it, you had better be moving to cover. Now, that means that you have to work with very small numbers. And so what I prefer to do is work with very small teams. And, and that's something that we just really don't do much of, uh, that it, it's another thing that I pulled out of, out of the Russians. 
is training guys to fight as pairs or teams of four. Mm. And when you get two guys or four guys able to just move instinctively and understand where the other person is, in, in it's sort of like a choreographed ballet, then you're really, you've really got something special. And so that's the type of stuff I prefer to do. Um, but, I mean, I can, I can certainly do a basic, here's how to use your, your handgun type of class. Um, and, and that's the type of stuff I'd like to get back into when I get back out to Colorado. Yeah, I know. everything, and, and, and you're getting back out there pretty soon, within the next couple of months, right? One week. Oh, One dude. Week. Okay. Yeah, next Friday I head out. And, uh, yeah, it's on. <laughs> Are you excited to be getting back there? Uh, very much so. Very much so. I, you know, I, I love Northeastern Vermont. It's, it's a wonderful place in a lot of respects, but, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to get too political, but basically the, uh, the folks in government here have run this, this, uh, the state into the ground and they're intent on digging deeper because they think they can do better. Um, so this place is going a whole lot of nowhere. Uh, Colorado's on its way up and there's a lot of very unique resources. Um, you know, Dr. Grove Higgins is out there who, we're going to have on the show next week. Right. Um, that that man's the original Jedi. I mean, it's it, and Sean can attest to that. That's oh, it, it's um, <laughs> unbelievable what that guy can do. But we're going to start doing a lot of uh, equipment testing for Spotter Up out there uh, using his human performance lab, uh, and and there's just going to be kind of an explosion of activity because we'll have the ability and the resources and the environment to do it out there, whereas all I've got here is a bunch of cows and a couple of really terrible pizza joints. So <laughs> I know, right? Uh, how come how come <laughs> how come rural small towns all over the East Coast, like when I was up at my buddy's house in Schoharie County, they have pizza places everywhere and the pizza's the worst. It's like it's like tombstone frozen pizza that they serve there. And people get all crazy <laughs> Oh yeah, we're gonna have pizza tonight. I'm like, that isn't even pizza, first of all. And second of right. all, I hate pizza. I don't even eat pizza anymore. <laughs> like, really? Right. Um, interesting, yeah, interesting fact about Vermont. Um, if you get pulled over in a car and you've got a couple bottles of testosterone, a couple bottles of Decadurabolin on you, they don't arrest you for it. They, they, they may write you a summons, if anything. They did not opt in to the federal uh, mandate to schedule uh, and prosecute for anabolic steroids. Hawaii, well, they Hawaii also, is another place, but go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, this past week, um, they, they legalized marijuana here, which I think is uh, it, it, it's a huge mistake, I think. But, um, you know, at least what they're doing is they're taking control of it at the state level, which is where it belongs from a civics point of view. Uh-huh. Uh, the feds have absolutely no authority in the enumerated powers to even think about regulating plants um, or drugs or anything else. So... Uh, you know, so I applaud the effort there, and, and they, they're imposing some regulations on it and whatnot. But uh, it's uh, it, it's that that's kind of a long discussion for another time. But um, you know, there can be some benefits from from that plant. But I'll tell you, I mean, there's just a bunch of stoners running around is is just not really a good measure of health. Look, society. I, Vermont has always been full of stoners. When I when I took my state board yeah. exam for optometry, I had to go to Albany, uh, New York, for that. Yeah. And so yeah. me and my friend Funzi, his family owned a restaurant in Killington called mm-hmm. the Back Home Cafe. Yeah. And we were like, let's just drive to Vermont. And we went up there and I'm telling you, it was the it was the middle of winter. 
first of all, and nobody goes anywhere up there in the middle of winter. Everybody yeah. just stays home and smokes weed from morning to night. That's all they do. I, I was shocked. I was like, this yeah. is like, I expected some, I expected the, 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 the new heart show. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> country cottages and really cool people and stuff like that wearing nice sweaters. And instead I just met a bunch of stoners who never went out for anything except maybe to go shopping occasionally and stayed home and smoked weed all day long. It was just funny. It was just funny. Yeah. Well, it, unfortunately it's, it's a, a side effect of, of having, you know, a, a very, a population high in poverty and you know every time that that uh you're you're holding the population down with terrible economic policies you know you see the same thing over and over again it's it's drugs and alcohol and drugs and alcohol are rampant here um and there's no there's no economic growth there's no really nothing there's nothing for people to do except that yeah um and it's how they cope with it yes. you know but the minute that you give someone opportunity well, they they just don't feel the need to get drunk and high, you yes. know, because they've got other great things going on. What a great point. So, what a great point. Well, listen, we, we've come to the end of the interview. Uh, Sean, I know we're going to have you on again, so you'll be joining us again in the near future. I'm lucky. Yeah, Absolutely. and it's been really good. So let's just plug a couple websites again. So Sean's website is vssscoaching.com, and, of course, uh, Military Multisport. Uh, dot com is Nate's website. You can go there and reach out to these guys. You do not have to be trying to get into special forces. You could just want to be in that kind of shape and conditioning, um, yep. which is what I want. I'm I'm never going to get into the military, and I really don't want to be because I'm not that brave. I'm sorry. I'm I know my I know my limitations. You know, growing up in Brooklyn, uh, I was in a couple shootouts. I didn't really want to be there, and I wouldn't want to join <laughs> an, a force where that's what you're doing every day. So that's not me. I I know my limitations. Um, but you know, uh, I think that I want to be this resilient physically, and I want to be this fit physically. And I want to do that for the second half of my life. Notice I'm going to live to 120 uh, based on those metrics. Um, so this is interesting to me. And so you don't have to be somebody who wants to be in the military to sign up and get started with Nate or Sean. Uh, so check him out. Show him some love. And, of course, uh, Nate will have the ebook on the force production method of training within the next couple, three weeks. And we'll have it up on this. You'll only be able to get it for the short term at superhumanradio.net. And then I'm sure he'll make it widespread thereafter. Hey, guys, man, have a great weekend. Thanks, Thanks so well. You as well. All right, we'll talk to you soon. And we'll see everybody uh, Monday. I'm off the air tomorrow because it's Friday. We'll see everybody Monday. Thank you for listening this week to all the shows. <laughs>